time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life. Hello, Desperation. You guys, you guys awake? Afternoon session. Let me, uh, I just got back from vacation. My, my, uh, my wife and my four boys, I have four boys. If you've been here before, maybe you've heard this, but my boys' names are Parker, Cohen, Brooks, and Smith. If you say it all together nicely, it sounds like a law firm. And uh, so our, there's testosterone flowing through our home. And um, the other, because we were at the lake, uh, the boys are swimming, and you know, the older one knows how to swim, but my 40-year-old uh, doesn't know how to swim yet. He's been through swimming lessons, so he's starting to catch on a little bit. And it's, it, but, but so now he wears the, you know, those blow-up things that you put around the arms when they go into the water. So I was putting it on and, and uh, said, all right, Brooks, we've got to put these uh, water wings on. And he looks at me and he goes, Dad, water wings sounds like something for girls. I said, oh, I'm sorry. He said, they're water muscles. Uh, I was like, of course they are. So that's the type of home that I have. And um, I'm excited about the future for my boys. I'm excited about what they're going to do and what, who they will become. And one of the things that I consider to be one of my greatest tasks as a father is to protect them, to help them, to lead them towards truth, towards Jesus. And one of the ways that I think that we can, that I do that and want to try and do that for them is to point them toward Jesus, but to also be aware of the enemy and be aware of what the enemy wants to do to them. The Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 10, that the enemy wants to kind of just slap you up upside the head. No. The Bible says that he wants to kill, steal, and destroy to destroy you. He doesn't just want to knock you down. He wants to take you out. And so my desire is to help them stay away from that, that not to be what happens to them. And my desire for you is the same, that you wouldn't destroy your life, that you wouldn't allow the enemy to destroy and steal from you. And so one of the things that's so important is that we recognize the strategy of the enemy. If you drive through Colorado Springs, there's an interstate that, drives, that drives, goes right through our, our city here. It's called I-25. And a couple of years ago, I was driving up I-25, lived downtown, and, and so I was driving up here towards the church. And in the middle of the, the between the two, the freeway going north and south, there's this big, huge jumbotron signs. You might have them in your city or you've seen them and, and they kind of give alerts. Oftentimes they'll say like accident ahead or road construction or, uh, you know, some sort of, of, of announcement or bits of information about what you might anticipate uh, ahead as you drive up the road. And so one morning I was driving and I saw on the jumbotron this announcement that said, speed trap ahead. I'd never seen that announcement before. And I thought, that seems ridiculous. 
because if you, it's not a trap if you tell them what it is. But you kept, I kept driving, and not very far after that sign was a big, long row of motorcycle cops. I thought, well, the sign was right. Then I kept driving just a little bit further, and there's a line of cars pulled over by a bunch of other motorcycle cops. And I thought, did they miss the sign? I mean, the letters are the sign of a VW bug. How do you miss that sign? It told you what was coming right up. Did you just say, ha, nice joke? Did you think it was like a joke? Did you think that it was lying to you? What was going on? I, on the news later that, that week, they said there was a record number of speeding tickets given out on I-25 that, that week. <laughs> and some people got two tickets in one week. And, this, and this, the announcement was there all week. Speed trap ahead. Speed trap ahead. Beware. Speed trap ahead. I thought, so you got pulled over one day, and then you drove down the, the road again, and you saw the sign, and you thought, probably not true today. That was yesterday's sign. And you just kept this floored it and thinking, uh, I'll show them, and they showed you. Now, we, we, we see that sign and we think, man, I would love a sign like that to identify the trap that's ahead. The enemy wants to set a trap for you and for me. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants you and I to say, oh, forget that sign and just plow on right ahead. And you might say, well, that's really nice, Aaron, but I don't see any big jumbotron signs of what the plan of the enemy is for me. It says speed trap, it says death trap, it says st stealing trap, it says kill you trap right on ahead. So yes, that would be great, but I don't know what it is. Well, I would like to try to maybe identify for us what it is that maybe the enemy is trying to do and the jumbotron sign that maybe it's God is holding down to us and he's saying, look, plan of the enemy. His big goal is to destroy you. But let me just also give you a big, huge jumbotron sign, letters the size of a VW bug that give you an idea of what is ahead. And so let me just point a couple of things out to us. If we look at who the devil is. If we look at Satan, the one who is out to kill, steal, and destroy us. If we look at John chapter 8, starting in verse 44, this is Jesus talking. He's talking to some guys that have really ticked him off. And he says, you belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, talking about the devil, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. In another translation, it says that he speaks out of his nature. It is who he is. He is a liar and the father of lies. Who is the devil? He's a liar. He's a deceiver. We can see it from the very beginning. If we look in the first couple of chapters of Genesis, what do we see? We see a liar. 
We see a, 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 an enemy that comes to, a, comes to Eve and says, did God really say, if you do this, if you have this, if you take this, this is what's going to happen to you. He lied from the very beginning. We see throughout scripture, we see the lies of the enemy, deceives the Israelites. God didn't really say that. You don't really need to do that. Serve some other gods. He deceives, he tries, through the, through the epistles, through the, in the New Testament, he deceives some of the early churches. We see him deceiving different people, different guys. The ways in which the enemy works, he's been the same the whole time. He's a liar. And so maybe what this might look like a little bit to us, this right here would represent the door of your heart. Uh, knock, knock. And this is you. Yes? Hi. Yeah, um, I got something for you. I think that you should try this. Oh, come on in. Yeah, you should try this, uh, this thing. It's going to make you feel great. You know how you're kind of feeling a little down because you didn't do so well in your test or that girl dumped you or that, that guy, he just didn't treat you very nicely or whatever. Why don't you just go try this? It's going to make you feel better. It will help you. It will help you to get over him or get over her. It will help you. Oh, oh yeah, man. Oh, that's maybe right. I mean, I've I tried, to, tried to feel better, but I don't feel better. So I guess, I guess I'll, oh, maybe, maybe you're right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right. I mean, it's, it's going to work for you. It's, you're like, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, that's, it's not probably the best thing. And just try it once. So it's cool, man. It's, it's fine. You know, be a man. It'll make you feel like a man. I mean, if you are with her and, you know, as you go further, you, think of how much of a man you'll be. Think of how, how great it will be. You know, I mean, God doesn't really care. I know, I think, I don't want to dishonor God. But don't, don't worry about it. It's easier, it's easy to ask for forgiveness. God will forgive you, so don't worry about it. Just once, this will be fine. You'll get over it, and then it, it'll be done. All right. And so he deceives you. And the enemy promises something that he cannot deliver. I'm going to make this better. I'm going to give you the comfort that you want. I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you that. Just like the enemy did in the garden with Eve. You will be like God. He couldn't deliver what he said he was going to deliver. And somehow he creates and and paints this picture of what your life will be like that is better than what God has or is giving you. Come on, do this. It's going to be better than what God says you should be doing. What God doesn't want you to have any fun. Come have fun with me. And it says in Romans chapter 1, verse 25, it says they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. And we take the lie. Come on in, yeah. Cool, man, all right. And you believe it do it. And then you kind of wait, maybe. 
Or maybe for a moment, you do feel better. Or maybe for just a little bit, you think, oh, that wasn't so bad. And then, uh, yeah. You are so dumb. So stupid. How could you have, excuse me, I just let myself in here. How could you have done that? What did you do? And all of a sudden, the same enemy that deceived and tricked you into doing what you did and said it was going to be so great and said, this is going, I'll just do this with you. We'll just have fun. We'll be friends and this is going to be awesome and I'll walk through, walk through this with you. It's going to be great. Turns around and says, you are an idiot. How pathetic are you? Because... He's not only a liar, but Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, it says, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. It's talking about Satan, the accuser. Actually, the word Satan comes from the word hasatan, which is the Greek word for accuser. He is by nature a liar and by nature an accuser, an attacker. The moment we slip into the lie, he comes back around. I'll just let myself in and um, attacks us. You idiot. How could you have done that? You are pathetic. You did what? You did what with your girlfriend? You did what with your computer? You did what with your boyfriend? You did what? You pathetic loser. And his goal is to heap onto you not just embarrassment, not just some sort of a little bit of disappointment. His goal for you is that you carry around and put on this weight called shame. And we see it when we go back to this story in the first couple chapters of Genesis. We see it. What happens after they believe the lie of the enemy, they hid. They were covered with shame. They took the shame that the enemy wanted to give to them. Started to carry it around. Is there any shame that you're carrying around? I can't believe what I did last weekend. I knew I was coming to desperation. I knew that this wasn't what I wanted to do. And you're starting to hide. Well, if I just hide it, if I just bury it, if I just push it in and push it away, push it into the corner of my heart and my life, then it'll just go away. Maybe you're just kind of sitting there trying to like feel better about it and just push it away and bury it and Um, hey, I, you're, I know you're feeling bad, and um, I think I know how to make you feel better. Oh, really? Yeah, you should do what you did again. Once is good, but twice is way better. Or, I know you did that, and it was kind of dumb, but I think I got something to, I mean, you're not that stupid, but so let's, let's try this. I think this will help you. 
drink this, smoke this, try this, be with them. Be with her. She'll make you feel better. He'll make you feel better. Oh, yeah, maybe you're right. I guess I haven't tried that before. Maybe that will work because I, I feel so bad, feel so terrible about myself. I full of shame. And the enemy takes advantage of the shame that he's loaded on, takes advantage of the attack and the accusation that he's made against us. He says, you won't feel like I just told you you are and you feel like and how dumb you are if you do this, if you try this. I think it's important for us to recognize that there is no sin, there is no lie of the enemy that leads to life. It all leads to death. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says, for the wages of sin is death. It all leads to destruction. If you just take one little knock, one little step, one bit at a time, deceive and accuse and deceive, and then you say, okay, well, I'll try that. Maybe that'll make me feel better because I hate feeling so bad about myself. I don't want to feel so bad about myself. And then you do it, and then not a second later, knock, knock, yeah, thanks, I'll let myself in. I got the key. And uh, you just come on in. And you are so dumb. The dumbest, you are the dumbest of the dumb. Pathetic. You, how do you even call yourself a Christian? And the same deceiver who deceived you into doing something in order to cover up the shame that he loaded onto you now comes right back around and says, you are pathetic. I can't believe you did that again. Or I can't believe now you did that. Now you're doing this. You are horrible. And his goal is that he would be able to get to the place where he's not just saying what you did was dumb and who you, what you did was stupid and, and, and makes you feel dirty, but you are that. You're not just somebody who cheats. You are a cheater. You don't just lie. You are a liar. You're not doing one thing that's, that's immoral. You are immoral. You're not doing an impure thing. You aren't pure. And what he's trying to do is, is kind of put this X, this, this mark. Say, put this mark on you. Look at you. X marks the spot. You are dirty. You are pathetic. You're not just this. It is who you are. You can't not do what you're doing. You're stuck. I mean, you might as well just do it again because you've done it a few times already. So, And you know what happens? Okay, I'll try that. Knock, knock. Come on, let's try it. Let's do it. Let's see. I mean, this will help you. This will help you make you feel better. This will make you feel better. You might as well. I mean, you've already done it several times, so you kind of already, like, who cares? You've already, since you've done it once, you might as well do it a hundred times. And then knock, 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 knock. You are so stupid. I cannot believe you did that. And you just leave the door open. It becomes a revolving door. Knock, knock, knock. Oh, you feel so dumb? Let me try this. I think this might work for you. This will help you. This will help you. And it's just, oh, yeah, sure, I'll do that. Okay. And you are so horrible. I cannot believe you did that. You, I mean, I can't. Why would you even consider yourself Christian? You know what you should do? Just, ah, you're, you're pathetic. 
how could you even go to church? How could you go to youth group? How could you be a part of a small group? How could you be a part of accountability? Just distance yourself from God. God doesn't even want to be close to you. Yeah, 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 you're probably right. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. And then you do distance yourself, distance yourself. Why is he trying to do that? First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. A couple of years ago, I was in Africa, and I went to this place called the Ngorogora Crater. It's in Tanzania. And essentially what it is, is like a big, huge mountain. If you were to take a mountain like Pikes Peak right out here, if you were to chop the top off and then hollow it out. And so you drive up the side of the mountain to the top of the rim and then you drive back into it. And it's like this huge hollowed out bowl. So big that you can't see the other side. But inside of this crater is wildlife. Huge herds of zebras and massive uh, flocks of flamingos and, and uh, all these amazing African animals. And there's some animals that people really want to see, but the main animal that everyone wants to see is the lion. They're, they're, they're kind of the, the treasure. If you're on a safari... You don't, sometimes you can go on a safari and you not even see a lion. So when you get the possibility or you get the chance to see a lion, you take it. And so I was with this group and we were in one of these safari vehicles, one of the ones where you're inside and, you know, bumping around all over the place. But you can also stick your head out the top so you can take pictures and, and see around. And, and so we are bumping along and, and our driver gets this phone call from one of the other safari drivers out somewhere else in the crater, and you hear this, this, oh, okay, and they are talking about a lion spotting. And so what they do is all the, all the safari vehicles, they talk to each other, and so they're, they, everybody starts kind of bumbling along on this road towards the same spot. And we get there, and we were kind of far away from where it was, so by the time we got there, there's probably like 20 safari vehicles all kind of in this semicircle right on the side of this road. And so our safari vehicle driver gets in there and he kind of pushes his way in and gets in as close as he can. And he's like, okay. And you know, we're climbing up onto the top of the roof and, and you look over into the grass and there's these two lions, just one of them's like sprawled out and the other sitting there and you can just see this presence of strength, king of the jungle. And so start to get fascinated with these lions that are hanging out here. So we started asking, so do you ever see lions like kill zebras? What about gazelles? Do you ever see, do you ever see that when you're out here? And so they start talking about how the lions eat and when they eat. And they said, you know what happens is when they're out in the, in the field and in the grass, they kind of sit down in the grass and they just sit on the outside of some sort of herd of zebra or gazelle or whatever. And they just kind of wait and what they're waiting for is for one of the gazelle or one of the zebra to just wander away from the herd. Just kind of be away by itself and, so that when it attacks, it's attacking one by itself. It's not jumping into the middle of this big, huge herd. 
The enemy prowls around like a roaring lion. What's he trying to do? Get you to be by yourself? Distance yourself? Alienate yourself? Yeah, well, I can't, I mean, I can't go there. I can't go to church. I can't go to small, I can't go to youth group because, and I gotta get my thing, I gotta get things right before I go. And we believe this lie that somehow we can clean ourselves up before we go to church or go to God. I can't go to God. I mean, what have I done? I've got to take some time to kind of get my life right before I can go to God when it is God who gets our lives right, not us. And there's this revolving door. Deceive, jumbotron sign, accuse. Deceive, try this, try this, try this. Accuse, you are so dumb. You are terrible. You are pathetic. You should leave. Deceive. Try this, try this. This will help you feel better. Accuse. We just leave the door open after a while. Don't even have to let him knock. Deceive. Accuse. Deceive. Accuse. I'm going to get dizzy here. Deceive. Accuse. Before you know it, you're by yourself. There's a jumbotron sign. God is hanging down on the road and journey of your life that says trap ahead by the devil who wants to kill you and destroy you and the speed trap by the way is not only ahead but let me tell you how it's going to work deceive accuse deceive accuse it's just going to happen over and over again some of us might just be like no 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 what if we were to say oh I better be careful So what do we do? How do we, if we see that, if we know that that's the sign that's hanging down on the road, the jumbotron of our lives hanging down in front of us, always hanging there, hey, the devil's going to deceive and accuse, deceive and accuse. How do we respond to that? Or how do we respond to that if we've just left the door open? First of all, we need to recognize that we need to run to God. Run to God. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Why? So that we, we, we may receive mercy and find grace. Why? To help us when we've got it all together. No. To help us in our time of need. Help us in our time. Run to God. Say, help. I need help. And as we Repent, as David was talking about last night. Well, the word repentance, of course, means to turn away, turn around. And as we turn away from those things and turn away from isolationism, as we turn away from alienation, what we do is we turn towards God. And so we're turning away from the lies and we're going to turn towards truth. And so we're going to say, okay, the devil's been deceiving me. That means I better sink my teeth into some truth. But sink my teeth into some truth that'll fend off the lies. If it's lies that got me in, it's gonna be truth that's gonna get me out. If it's lies that send me down, it's going to it's gonna be truth that's gonna keep me from going there. If I'm going to believe if I'm not going to believe it, I've got to believe something else. John chapter eight, verse thirty two says, Then you will know the truth, and what will set you free? The truth will set you free. 
And so you decide, okay, what I'm going to do, I'm going to just open up my, I've got to get into my Bible here. I'm going to believe something. I'm just going to chew on something. First of all, I'm going to close this door because this is my heart. Romans chapter 6, verse 6. It says, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. Okay, the truth is, I'm not a slave to that. I don't have to do that. Okay, let me read that again. We, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because of, because I worked really hard or because Christ died. Because of Christ's work on the cross. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Okay, I am free. Jesus did something profound on the cross so that I could be free. Okay, okay, this is good. This is good. Come on, devil, I'm ready for you. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. And in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin. Okay, so I count myself. I'm with that. I'm in that. I'm along with that. When, when, when it says that Jesus is dead to sin, he's killed sin, he brought death, and he, and he, and he took it out, that that's the same is true for me. Well, when the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, that, that the mystery of the gospel is Christ Jesus in me, that's my hope of glory, that's true. Okay, wow, so, so I'm dead to sin. I don't have to do that. I'm not stuck in that. He, the devil might come to me and say that I have to do that, and I'm just prone to do that, and I, I can't not do that, and that's just who I am, but oh, not true. Not true. Because I'm also a dead to sin. But I'm not just dead to sin. I'm alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Okay, so I don't have to obey. The temptations might still come. The temptations will come. No matter how mature, no matter how much you fight, no matter how much truth you get inside of you, temptation will come. To be tempted is not a sin. It is what we do with that temptation. But I don't have to give myself over to those desires. So therefore, do not offer any part of yourself as, self to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who've been brought from death to life. I've been brought from death to life. I've been brought from death. This isn't about me just doing good things. This is about the 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 life of Christ coming alive in me. And you're chewing on that and... Uh, no, I, yes? Can I help you? I try, you? You can talk through the door if you'd like. Yeah, hey, uh, remember what you did last week? I got something I think that'll make you feel better. I got something that'll make you feel better. Um, no, thank you. I, I, I'm fine, thank you. I don't think that that's true. No, 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 no. You don't understand. I know that we tried those last things and those didn't work, but I think this is really going to work. No, I don't think so. You know why? I'm alive in Christ. Christ. 
what? No, 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 you're stupid, remember? So, <laughs> so you're going to try this. You know you are. So let's just not go through this stuff. Let's just get there because this is a way. I got other things. I got other people's hearts to knock on. I got doors to blow down. I got some killing and some destroying to do. So let's just get past this little chit-chat stuff. We've already done that before. So did you just let me in? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to go somewhere else because uh, I'm not a slave to sin. I am a slave to righteousness. And I don't know... I don't know if you recall this, but a couple thousand years ago, Jesus Christ took my sin and he nailed it to the cross. And so this door that you're knocking on, Jesus Christ put some nails through his hands so that the door of my heart can be locked to you. So here you go. This nail right here, this was for, this is for that deception on my life. That was for the accusation about what you said because you know what? I'm not a slave to sin. I'm a slave to righteousness. You know what I am? I'm alive in Christ. You know what's inside of me? The Spirit of God is inside of me. So you could try that little, try this kind of stuff, but you know what? I know that I did that, but you know what? I'm alive in Christ. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I've been accepted. And you know what? I know that you're tempting me, and I really, part of me would really love to do that, but you know what? Jesus says that he's the better way. He says that he is what I need. He is everything that I need for life and godliness. Oh, I'm not done over here, by the way. I know that you're knocking, and I know that you're going to keep knocking, but I just want you to know that I'm not just holding this door shut. Christ knocked, nailed this door shut with the blood of Jesus on the cross. That was a terrible nail. And Open up, open up, housekeeping. <laughs> Knock all you want, baby. Knock all you want. You know why? Because I'm a slave to righteousness. I'm not a slave to sin. I am bought with a price. The truth, you can, you can give me all the lies that you want. The truth of God says that I'm accepted. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says you're defeated. You know what the Bible says? I'm alive. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. I'm alive in Christ. The spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead is inside of me. Oh, by the way, this little thing about that you just stuck on me, that you tried to make me believe that this is who I am? Yeah, you can mark me. You thought you could mark me. But you know what I'm? I'm marked with the cross. Oh, devil. I am marked at the cross of Jesus Christ that says, I don't belong to you, I belong to Jesus. And I may do some stupid stuff in my life. I may believe you every now and then. I might have something come along and, and me just miss that jumbotron sign, but you know what, what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna run back to Jesus. I'm gonna run back to Jesus. The door of my heart is sealed by the blood of the lamb. My life is lived for the glory of God. I'm giving my life away for the nations that they might know you, that they might know Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So you can say that I am this marked and stained. You know what I am? I'm stained by the blood of the Lamb. Knock, 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 knock. I'll just try and... You're abandoned. Remember, God doesn't love you, but you've got the truth of God 
coming into your heart. You've been soaking in Romans chapter 6. You've been soaking in the truth of God's word. He knocks, says, oh, yeah, you're abandoned. Don't forget. You, don't, you probably don't feel very close to God. My feelings about whether I feel close to God don't matter to me. You know why? I'm a son. I'm a daughter. The Bible says, the truth of God says that he'll never leave me and never forsake me. It doesn't say whether I feel it or not. It's just true. It's just true. And so you can take those lame lies and those dumb accusations and you can leave me alone. What if, what if we believe the truth? What if we say yes to Jesus and the truth of God? And when the knocking comes, the deceiver comes, the accuser comes, we say, know what? Your pipsqueak little voice doesn't matter to me because it is the voice of God that rings loud and clear in my heart. The truth of God rules in you. That's not just true of me. It's not just true of the guys that are on this platform. It's true of you. It's true of you. You might say, well, Aaron, you just don't know what happened to me. You don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter. The truth of God is that you're a son and you're a daughter. Let's stand up for just a minute. As we close, I want you to close your eyes. And as, we were, as I was praying, as we were preparing for this session a little bit earlier this afternoon, I felt like there's some of you that need to hear the truth about you. Some of you have heard that you're just terrible, that you're nothing, that you're not worth anything. Let me tell you something. The truth of God says that you're made in the image of God. The truth of God says that you're a son. It says that you are a daughter. It says that you are beloved by God, the God of the universe, the God of the ages. And you might feel like somehow God has left you, he's abandoned you, he will never leave you, and he will never forsake you. Some of you might feel like, well, I've done this and I can't get over that. I guess I am just kind of marked and stained and all that. And you are forgiven. There's grace that is enough for you. You might say, well, I'm kind of caught in this whole thing. Well, you, you might be. It might take some work to get out of it, but you are you're a slave to righteousness. You are a slave to Righteousness. I pray that the words that, that I speak in saying that you're a slave to righteousness, you're redeemed and bought with a price, that you are loved, that you are a son and a daughter of God would not just be the voice of Aaron Stern, but they would be the voice of God, that Holy Spirit breathe on those words into your heart. Close your eyes with me for just a moment. music plays for just a minute, I want you to take a moment and ask yourself what lies you've been believing is truth. Many of you probably can identify those pretty quickly. And then I just want you to take, it doesn't have to be a scripture, you don't have to have memorized a huge passage of scripture to respond, but respond with what is the truth of God. So if you feel like you're not good enough just you can whisper it say I 
that I'm infinitely valuable. Maybe you need to say it over. Let the truth of God start to settle. tried over and over again. Just keep trying. You don't just try by yourself anymore. This isn't just you. See, the the, the scripture that I said a little bit earlier for Colossians chapter 1 verse 27, it's not just Christ with you, it's Christ in you. So wherever you go, that power, the truth, grace, Forgiveness. It's in you. It's in you. It's not about you just developing some good old self, old-fashioned discipline. It's about us giving ourselves over to the power of the Holy Spirit. To say yes to truth to a lie. Say yes to righteousness, no to sin. Say yes to the cross, no to shame. Yes to the Lion of Judah, no to the roaring lion of the enemy. Holy Spirit of God, we thank you that you are doing a mighty work in our hearts. Thank you for your son dying on the cross so that we can come alive, so that we have freedom, true freedom, freedom in Christ, that we're not slaves to sin, we're slaves to righteousness. Thank you, Father, for loving us and rescuing us and redeeming us, taking us from dead to alive. I pray that the life of God in us truth of God in us would take root in our hearts so that when the lies of the enemy would come, we'd respond with the truth. The accusations of the enemy would come, we'd respond with the truth of who we are in you. Live in us. Be real in us. We invite you, Holy Spirit. Do your work in us. Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. And over time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart, they've got passion for God, they're leading intercession on their schools, they're set apart, consecrated under God, and they've got a vision and a mission for their life.